This is the Burning Pre-Sales Podcast, and today's Burning Pre-Sales question will be answered by none other than Peter Cohen, who's the founder and principal of The Second Derivative, and the author of The Great Demo Methodology in the book by the same name. Okay, Peter, another question that I want to ask you. Um, it came up in our earlier conversation. You had mentioned this relationship between pre-sales and sales. And so, uh, you know, I get this question a lot from customers. How do frontline managers create create better alignment with their sales leadership or sales counterparts? And what I think people are generally looking for when they ask this question about alignment is they're looking about they're looking at it from the frame of reference of friction. How do I eliminate friction, delays, other things that might disrupt the customer experience? I'm sure there's a lot more that we could unpack there, but any initial thoughts on that level of alignment between frontline management on the pre-sale side? and sales leadership and how you create that. Yeah, and that is a tough one. Um, in some cases, there are some really good solutions we can, we can talk about, but um, it is a nut that has not yet been completely cracked. <laughs> um, and I'll give you an example. Classic, classic scenario. You have, uh, you've got a team of pre-sales folks who are fairly seasoned. They've been with your organization for three to five to seven to ten years. Uh, they know their customers, they know the product, they know their pre-sales motions, they know what works, they know what doesn't work. And they are paired with freshly hired sales executives, people with, perhaps they've been selling in the industry for a while, perhaps not. In any case, they are new to the industry, they're new to the products, new to the customers. Um, there's where one of the biggest disconnects and the potential for friction comes in. Because what's, what is often happening in the background are pre-sales people teaching salespeople how to sell to these customers with these products in these instances? Yeah. Does that does that resonate? It sounds like my experience as a sales rep, to be honest. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? It's exactly that. Yeah, you lean on uh, you lean on solution consultants and uh, um, sales architects, solution architects, um, a lot in the beginning. Um, and so I, you know, I don't know if that that goes to the point of alignment. I was just thinking about, you know, how much, how much attention, how much demand there was just on the sales team side of their pre-sales counterparts. Not to mention the fact that there's a ton of demand of pre-sales people from the customer, from the buyer. And I, I do think there's a level of friction there because, you know, that's maybe they should be spending some time there uh, up, up leveling their, their sales counterparts, but at some point it takes away from the core of their job of providing consultative work and engagements with, uh, with customers. So I, yeah, I don't know how to solve that. I don't know what the right answer is. And there are again, probably so many other facets of that relationship that need to be unpacked, but that, that's where my mind first went. So there, there certainly are some solutions. Some are elegant and simple and others are non-obvious, uh, but uh, even more elegant and simple. So, you know, fundamentally, you need to understand and agree, what are the roles? Uh, if, I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm your pre-sales person, what do, I, what do you expect and need me to do? And conversely, what do I expect from you and need you to do? So, you know, for example, in many organizations, I expect and need you to do discovery. And I may have to teach you how to do discovery for some, if you're new for some of yeah. your clients, for example. Um, or I expect you to bring me in so that I can do discovery and thereby, by the way, you need to be on that call so you can learn how to do it, <laughs> for yeah. example. Um, now, a subtlety here is 
in many cases you'll have you'll have um, uh, you'll have junior salespeople who believe they know how to sell when they really don't, uh, for whatever reasons. And we've all encountered this. They they have their methods, their processes, and whatsoever. What we've what I found to be very very successful um, from the pre-sales frontline manager perspective, trying to communicate to uh, new salespeople and their their managers, is to hold up as examples senior salespeople within the organizations that do a good job, that are visualized, uh, who, who consistently make their numbers and are a delight to work with from the standpoint of pre-sales. Because that means that they, they're successful, so they will influence other salespeople. And if they're a delight to work with, that means they understand, respect, and execute the, the roles in a mutually uh, beneficial way. So when you hold up, so Aaron, if you were a seasoned um, salesperson at uh, Consensus and you always made your numbers and you're absolutely a delight to work with, I would I would be talking to Bob over here, uh, the new frontline sales manager, and say, hey, Bob, you know what? Um, we should take a look at what Aaron's been doing because he always makes his numbers and the process is very friction-free and very, very smooth and very, very predictable. And the subtlety here is... I, as a pre-sales person, can't tell you or tell Bob here uh, how to sell. It's simply unacceptable because I'm not the salesperson. But if I hold up an, as an example somebody else in the organization who consistently makes his numbers and is a delight to work with, that's a different story. Does that resonate? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you for that context. I uh, One more question on, on this theme is um, at the very beginning you mentioned – clarity on the roles, I imagine there's got to be some common areas of disconnect, even when it comes to defining the, the roles. <laughs> because, you know, in my experience, some of my best sales reps have been our best demoers, for example. And traditionally, demoing is fit into the realm of the pre-sales people. So, like, you know, how much demoing do you want the sales rep to do if that really falls into the hands of your pre-sales rep on a complex product? Um, and, and maybe that's a, a bad example, but I guess my real it's question actually, is... No, it's a good example. Is that a good really, one? Yeah. So this is, this is one of my most beloved topics, and it's the idea of vision <laughs> generation demos. Yeah. So traditionally, um, a prospect is considered, you know, has is, is, is achieved the portion of or the, the level of a lead, and mm -hmm. a meeting is organized with the salesperson, the pre-salesperson, because the, the prospect has said, hey, I'm really interested in your offering, show me a demo. And at this point in time, there's been maybe bant done in terms of qualification, but unlikely that there's been any substantive discovery done. And so what happens? Pre-salesperson would ask to do a demo, so he or she shows an overview demo, a stunningly yeah. awful harbor tour. And it takes yeah. an hour. Everybody's bored. Everybody knows it was a waste of time, but it was a step that everybody, everybody has traditionally believed had to take place. What if instead... The salesperson said, hey, you know what, uh, you've asked for a demo. We want to try to learn a little bit more about your situation. Let me share with you just a couple of examples of how we've helped other folks in similar situations. Here's an example dashboard. Here's an example workflow. Here's the output of a report. How do those look in terms of what you are looking for? And if the prospect says, well, that looks actually really interesting, 
you have now satisfied that prospect's desire to get a sense of what's possible, mm-hmm. to see the art of the possible, and now you can move the prospect into a real discovery conversation, get what you need to be able to put together a focused, crisp demo. So that's vision generation, and it's something that is, um, I think, poorly understood in the industry, and one of the things that we need to do is to actually make it a much more regular part of the process, vision generation.